told those at the first service, I feel like I just got drafted. The, uh, the way we dress communicates something, doesn't it? I'd be willing to bet a few of you out there are thinking, yeah, I like that hat. Yeah, I see, I heard a yeah. Maybe someone out there is thinking, a hat in church? What are we doing here, intern? You're breaking the unwritten rules. We're often quick to judgment, aren't we? We are, even uh, due to the super, superficial things. Uh, this morning, we're going to look at James 2, talking about the sin of partiality, uh, looking at how uh, we view others and how they dress, how we treat them. But uh, yeah, so, so for those of you who don't know, this was my first full week here at Emmaus. And in the office, Mavis asked me a uh, burning question on behalf of Bill that uh, some might be wondering, you know, so, so new guy, you're from Illinois, so does that mean you're a Bears fan? Does that mean you're a Packers fan? Uh, that's a fair question. And uh, i got to tell you, putting this on twice in one day is enough for a lifetime. <laughs> I'm about to become public enemy number one. But again, I want to remind you, we're talking about the sin of partiality today, okay? <laughs> My brothers, if you show partiality, you're committing sin. Just saying. I personally am partial to green. And uh, (laughs) I'm a living example that we are cheering for laundry. But it's not the green you're thinking. It's a better green. (laughs) This is my favorite jersey, by the way. Notice it's got a Super Bowl patch on it right there. Fun fact, that game was played here, but we won't talk about the championship game, I promise. (sighs) But I digress. Before I get kicked out of here, maybe we should should go to the Lord in prayer. (laughs) Heavenly Father, thank you that we can have fun with one another. Lord, we thank you for your word. I ask that you would convict us as you see fit. Lord, comfort us in your gospel. Thank you for the gift of your son. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for the mercy that triumphs over judgment, Lord. Be glorified in this time, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Friends, let's hear the word of God. James chapter 2. We're going to start with the first nine verses. James 2, 1 through 9 reading in Jesus' mighty name. My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothes comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothes also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and you say, you, sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, You, stand over there, or sit down at my feet. Have you not then made distinctions amongst yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? 
Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Are not the rich ones who oppress you and the ones who drag you into court? Are they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name by which you were called? If you really fulfill the, the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. The favoritism that comes with sports teams is all in good fun. Or at least, it should be. Right? And of course, it's not wrong to have favorite things. That's, that's not what James is saying. We, we have favorites, favorite teams, favorite musicians, favorite foods, ice cream, all of that, and so on and so forth. But James here condemns a type of favoritism. Evidently, there were people in the congregation who played favorites. They treated people differently. These, the people were apparently treating the rich and wealthy people better than the poor. He condemns this kind of partiality. He says, don't make distinctions among yourselves. Here again, verse 1, show no partiality. Verse 4, have you not made distinctions among yourselves? Verse 9, if you show partiality, you are committing sin. Don't make superficial judgments, friends. What might that sort of thing look like for us? Clearly, we're, we're probably prone to, to making judgments of others based on how, how they're dressed, right? The clothes they're wearing. Um, I'll confess an example in my life this week. One day I ran out for lunch. And I went to the sandwich shop, I went to get a sandwich, and the guy who took my order was, to be honest, he was kind of rude. And I wasn't very patient with him. I didn't feel love for him. I noticed how he was dressed, what his hair looked like. He had kind of the mohawk thing going on and um, holes in his jeans and, and tattoos. And like, I was slow to be loving to him. Have you ever kind of had a situation like that where you're at the coffee shop or, um, for example, the barista might be wearing political pins that you don't like? Not so easy to be loving. Or how do we respond when we see a bearded man with the camo print? Are we quick to assume who he is and what he's about? We tend to be pretty quick to judge a book by its cover. Are we not? How often do we act like we're better than others? Both in the church and out of the church. This leads me to my first point. It's pretty evident from Scripture we see that we're all guilty. You deserve grace no more than any other. James here puts the people in their place. He puts us in our place. He puts me in my place. He levels the playing field. 
Let's pick back up at verse 10. Notice what he says in verse 10. Whoever keeps the law but fails in one point is guilty of all of it. One point, guilty of all. (laughs) That's kind of an exaggerated statement, isn't it? One point? Who of us has only done one wrong thing? I have a bit of an exaggerated illustration that goes with it. Now, I have spent many years in college, in school, and uh, school, for example, is a good uh, example of the law. Grades are an example of law. A 99% is an A+. And 80 is a B, and so on and so forth. I have with me transcripts from my whole college career. And I'm, I'm kind of putting myself out here, just so you know. Uh, looking through this, seminary looks good, mostly A's, a couple B's. And uh, university, not as good, B's and C's, Bible college, yeah, a couple D's. Uh, but you'll notice, I've got it in red here, so you can see there is one big F on my transcripts. Can you see it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the course is called CM 2878 Mission Perspectives. Taught by some guy named Kevin Olson. I feel as though I might as well have failed every college class I've ever taken. 128 college credits, and the one I failed is the man who is watching over me this week. Just like we're not as knowledgeable as God, so we are not as righteous as God. The law shows us this. No matter how hard we strive, we fall short 100% of the time, do we not? And if we're honest, we're not even close to 99% either. James gives us this ridiculous scenario to show how ridiculous our self-righteous favoritism is. And if we know this church, then why do we act like we're better than so-and-so? Why are we better than than other people in the church? Why are we better than uh, the Jimmy John's guy or the barista? Where do we uh, get off thinking that we are the model of Christianity and others should be more like me, dress more like me, look like me, think like me, and so on? Who are we to show partiality, especially, especially when it comes to superficial things? We're all beggars at the cross, at the foot of the cross, right? Have we forgotten that? As we think about this picture of being equal at the foot of the cross, yeah, there it is. We look side by side at another, and realize we're standing right there with them. Whatever sins they're guilty of, again, we stand 
right next to them. However inexcusable their sin might be, ours too is inexcusable. But when we look at the cross, we see the Savior. And the Savior is the one in whom we have hope. In him we find mercy. This is what we cling to. As James says in verse 13, mercy triumphs over judgment. Let that sink in for a second. Mercy triumphs over judgment. The second point today is simply gospel truth. In Christ, undeserved mercy is yours as much as it is any other's. Dear Christian, as James says in verse 12, you are under the law of liberty. For it is by grace you've been saved. In verse 13, he says again, mercy triumphs over judgment. Christ has had mercy on you. Christ has spilled his own blood for your soul. Christ, undeserved mercy is yours. God is not partial. In Christ, I'm no more forgiven than you are. And in Christ, you are no more forgiven than me. Mercy triumphs over judgment. This is good news. So how then should we act? As we interact with one another, James puts it very clearly. He says, if you love your neighbor as yourself, the royal law, right? If you love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing well. So let's not make superficial judgments based on what people are wearing or uh, clothes, money, status in church, all of these things, they don't matter as much as we tend to make out of them. Let's extend Christian love to one another that is free from superficial things, from favoritism. Don't treat people who appear to have it better, have things put together better than those who don't. As we finish up, I'll leave you with a story that has recently made waves in the news. This is a story dealing with an issue over clothing. And it's deeper than a sheer superficiality. I would argue that this is a story of Christian love. Last week, my favorite baseball team, sticking with the Chicago Roots, the Chicago White Sox, played a game against the Tampa Bay Rays. I know, White Sox, yeah, yeah, strike two. Pun very much intended. The White Sox were playing the Rays, and in one of the games, the Tampa Bay Rays wore rainbow emblems on their uniforms to celebrate pride. This is on the field now. Yeah, there it is. Five Christian players on the team decided not to wear the uniform. I'm going to read a snippet from CBS uh, Sports News explaining the story says this, five players on the Tampa Bay Rays roster opted not to wear a patch the team added to its uniforms intended to celebrate Pride Month in Saturday's 3-2 loss to the Chicago White Sox. During the team's 16th annual Pride Night celebration, Rays caps and uniforms had logos colored in the style of the modern LGBTQ plus flag, but not everyone in the clubhouse chose to participate Pitchers, Jason Adam, Jalen Beeks, Brooks Raley, Jeffrey Springs, and Ryan Thompson were among the players who did not wear the patch 
on their uniforms and chose to wear the team's standard caps for the June 4 home game. Adam was selected by the organization to speak on behalf of the players who opted out and called it a quote-unquote faith-based decision and that the decision wasn't quote-unquote judgmental per the Times. Adam said this, So it's a hard decision because ultimately we all said that what we want is them to know that all are welcome and loved here, but when we put it on our bodies, I think, of a, I think a lot of guys decided that it's just a lifestyle that maybe, not that they look down on anybody or think differently, it's just that maybe we don't encourage it if we believe in Jesus, who's encouraged, and I would change that word to commanded, Jesus who's commanded us to live a lifestyle that would abstain from that behavior. Just like Jesus encourages me as a heterosexual male to abstain from sex outside of the confines of marriage. It's no different. As you can imagine, the backlash has been heated. But I find this to be a great example of Christian love towards others amidst a difficult issue in culture. Don't hear what I'm not saying. We're, we're not excusing the sin of others, but to love another. If Christ can enable his people to love others amidst a difficult issue like that in a hot culture, a hot issue in culture, is he not able to, is he not able to enable us to love one another, to love those who wear different clothes or have uh, different amounts of money, the little trivial things that we make to be a big deal in the church. Can Jesus not enable us to love those? So let's drop the judgments over the trivial things that don't matter. Again, the bank accounts, cars, all of that. We shouldn't treat each other differently due to such things. As a church, we're on the same team. We have a world in need of our Savior. Let's carry that mission forward together. His justice and his mercy is our banner over us. And his mercy triumphs over judgment. All glory be to Christ our King. Let's worship him as we sing. <clears throat>